Welcome to the Mostly Soccer Podcast. Today is Monday, February 1st, 2021, the first day of February, uh, episode 138. Jimmy, before I even introduce you, I just want to ask you, do you ever think we'd get to 138 episodes? Not a chance. Pretty absurd. Insane. Uh, but anyways, I can't wait for 200. It's a long yeah. way to go, but I oh, can't man. wait for it. Uh, I always like to start the show and say I'm here today. My name is Michael J. Dale, and I'm here today with Jimmy. Jimmy, what today? Jimmy Stocks. Jimmy we got to talk about the stocks, Michael. What the hell is not. going on? I'd rather not. What is going on? You tell me what's going on with stocks. Well, I don't want to get into all the details of bore people, but the world has gone crazy. Everybody's in, first of all. Now, that is the funniest thing is like everybody now is is an investor. They want to tell you they, they got they've cracked the code. Everybody knows what you need to buy. Uh, it's absolutely wild. I want to say I look like I took a bath on Friday. I had invested in a stock, did not work out, recovered today, made me money today, money back, and made me money. I was very happy. Nice. I um so it, weed company. We're Never talking about company. SNDL. Yeah. <laughs> I I sold it this morning when it hit a dollar just because that's where I bought it. And I was like, this is so stupid. And of course it goes up to a dollar twenty literally like instantly after I fucking sell it. So I didn't make any money. I lost money on naked brands, whatever the fuck that yeah. is. And now we just we cross our fingers and hope that dog coin becomes a national currency. <laughs> He's all in on the doge. We'll see. <laughs> We're all in on the doge. Um, but yeah, there's been there's been quite a bit of news since the last time we recorded, Jimmy. And uh, we need to start off. There are transfers going on. We've missed a few games. But the big news since we left was something that we were debating before uh, we were able to get on the podcast. It's Frank Lampard. He's gone. Frank Lampard has been fired and within the same breath replaced by Thomas Tuchel. Jimmy, Chelsea did it. They did it. Uh, Frank Lampard outlasted Steve Bruce. Don't know how he did it. <laughs> Pulled it off. Hey, uh, Steve well, got to win. Steve Bruce, excuse me, I got it backwards. Steve Bruce outlasted Frank Lampard. Said it backwards. He did, though. Frank, oh man, let go. I am I I am a bit shocked. I still am surprised that they actually did it. Uh I think it's the right move. Let me say that. I actually think it's the right move. I just didn't think that even Chelsea, I didn't think was that cold that they were gonna give him a little extra cushion. But they they pulled the trigger. Uh I think Tuchel is a very good manager. Seems a bit of a complicated manager. He's a somewhat controversial, not always well-liked by his players. It's kind of indifferent by some players. Some love him, some don't. Um, but I, I think he's a very good mind of the game. I, I think his style of play is a good style of play. I think, you know, I think he kind of got the short end of the stick at PSG. He got them to the Champions League final, which is what they, you know, they always really, you know, they, they long for that Champions League. That's what they long for the most. He got them there, and quite frankly, if, you know, Mbappe and Neymar have a better game, put away a couple of the small chances they had early in that game. Maybe they could have won it. I I don't think he necessarily got anything wrong. I think he lined up against a much better Bayern Munich team and set them up with a chance to win. Um, So I I think it's a good hire. I think he's a good manager. Yeah, I I think Tuchel's a very good manager. I'm 
I'm glad to see that he's a Premier League manager now, so we'll get to see more of what he can do. Uh, reunited with Christian Pulisic. Um, the firing of Frank Lampard, though, I mean, it's justified, but it's also really, really harsh. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't want to say in any other season it would have been done sooner. Um, I think he got more leeway, obviously, because of COVID. And I think the reason why it had to happen at this point was because they spent $200 million mm-hmm. in the offseason. So when you invest that kind of money as the owner and you have the track record of Roman Abramovich, uh, you have to know it's coming. Frank Lampard knew. So it's it's a tough one for Chelsea fans to swallow, I think. But ultimately, I think it will be the right decision. Oh, well, I mean, he definitely knew. I, I think if there's actually like if you look back, Tuchel's agent is very good friends, I believe, with Harry Redknapp, who is. Lampard's uncle so there's like a lot of like he he knew it was coming I'm sure and it's kind of one of those things it's almost funny when it happens because they actually came off a win and then he was let go after the win which just shows you that the agreement with Tuchel was in place at that time that's when they agreed to it that's when they let him go um but it's just there's a lot of talent on that team but there's still a lot of issues there as well I don't think Tuchel's gonna walk in and all of a sudden this team is gonna win the league I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there, specifically on the defensive side, and then figuring out how to, you know, blend in these new talents out of there. Definitely talented players, but it's finding a way to make them mesh together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, RIP Frank Lampard. One of the best things I saw, though, was that Chelsea fans got together. They raised money and funded a banner uh, in Frank We Trust, and then it was up for the one game that Frank Lampard was fired for. Uh, and now it will be taken down. So not great timing by the Chelsea fans there. Uh, TBD on how Thomas Tuca will do. He got a draw against Wolves nil-nil, and then he, he won uh, recently. I forgot who they played, but... Burnley. Uh, Burnley, oh, what a, what a win. <laughs> Burnley actually uh, had an, uh, an incredible run since the last time we podcasted. Yes, but, they did. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I was thinking this episode, Jimmy, we could do another round of Twitter questions and then hit some of the clubs that we want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a plan to me. So let's start it off, and uh, I'm going to lean on you for this one. It's our friend Stephen Gould, and he said, MLS lockout percentage chance. Do you, you know anything about that? You can't lean on me for it, because the truth of the matter is, is like we say, we're, we're very bad when it comes to MLS. We're dumb. We're stupid. We're Euro snobs. We don't mm-hmm. pay enough attention. We self-admit it. We understand that we're wrong for this. Like, I... I I understand, like, I want to say that I um, that I could follow up more, and I really do. I just don't. I need to start doing it. I need to hold myself to a higher standard, but right now we really don't. I know it's a possibility. Um, I believe that uh, they. I, I saw something that basically said that they extended the existing negotiation window until February 4th, so that's Thursday, I believe. So it's going to be interesting. Um I hope they don't. I don't think lockouts are ever good. Um, the short one, sure. If it comes, you know, negotiations rather quick. But if it gets to a point where they don't play games, I think especially, you know, MLS has done a lot of work to grow in this country. If they get to a point where they're not playing games, I think that could be have a really bad impact on the sport yeah. here. Yeah. Um, uh, for, I guess for a percentage is what he asked for. I'll say 50-50 because I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll echo that. There we go. Flip of a coin. And he uh, he also asked us. This is a good question. 
Uh, what is the one match slash stadium at the top of your bucket list? I'll let you answer that one. Oh man, that's a tough one. No, it's not. Come it's on, not... you haven't you haven't been to the Etihad. Yeah, but the Etihad's not a great stadium. You know. What oh I yes, mean. it is. I it's love nice my place. I love my club. I'd go pick if you said what match I'd go see any city match, no matter who they're playing. I'd probably say you know I'd want to go see them play United, but you know what I mean. I that's that's tough, man. That's... I have. I'll go first then while you think about it. There is. I've been. I've been across the pond. Hmm. <laughs> uh, and I've been. <laughs> I've been fortunate enough to see some fantastic matches. Uh, I'll change this up. I'll say the best match that I have seen. I've only seen a couple. Obviously, uh, I didn't spend too much time over in England. Uh, I got last-minute tickets to go see Spurs play Chelsea in 2017, uh, when Chelsea ended up winning the league that year, and Spurs scored two against them uh, and won the match, and that was fucking incredible. It was at White Hart Lane, by the way, so a stadium that holds about 30, 40,000, mm-hmm. and people were going insane. That was the most fun match I've been to. Um, but the the best stadium, and I, I think without bias, I will say the Emirates. Uh, well, without without bias, I, I think bias. a lot of people like the Emirates. Um, oh, it's a beautiful stadium. Yeah, it's and I it's think, a new stadium, but... And I also think the setting in which it is, like if you go to Manchester City or United, it's almost like going to Gillette. It's like industrial over there. Mm-hmm. Um, like big parking lots around the stadium. You go to the Emirates, you're literally in the middle of a neighborhood. And it's uh, amazing. Can so, I tell you? Oh, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. I, I get your point on that. I, I get your point. It's a nice stadium. It's It's really... I just... You know what... I know my answer now, and this is honestly what popped into my head, but I think I'd end up dead if I went to this, which is I would want to go watch the U.S. beat Mexico in Azteca. <laughs> that would be like if you ask me, like, I'd love to go do that. And Azteca is it's obviously very historic, especially this part of the world, you know, in North Central America. This is, you know, the most historic stadium here. Um Obviously, if you went like to South America, you have uh, the Maracanã and stuff like that, which is crazy. But for here, I would really like that. I just think I'd be dead if the U.S. was to win there and I'd be cheering and get myself killed by a bunch of Mexicans. Yeah. So I'd prefer not to do that. But that would be something I'd want. I'd really want to go. Um, um, I'd like to see Wembley if the old Wembley was still there before they reconstructed the new one. That probably would have been my pick. Well, I told you when I went to that Spurs-Chelsea match, it said on the ticket, do not wear Chelsea colors. Uh, only people in the away section are allowed to do that, because if not, you'll get like beat down. Um, do you remember when we were in the Haiti section for the USA Haiti game? <laughs> that was amazing. Hi, <laughs> Haiti. Hi, Haiti. Fun times. So, yeah. But one stadium, one match. Uh, Emirates Stadium. North London Derby. That that's uh, that's on my bucket list for sure. Uh, but let's move on. The Rhode Island Foxes asked us a question. Uh, they said thoughts on this January transfer window. Who would you want have? Who would you wanted to have City and Arsenal sign or sell? Sign or sell. Oh, I love that. Do you yeah. want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I so I don't have. I'm not going to pick any big transfers because I'm going to be realistic. I don't think you're getting like you're not getting Holland in the January transfer window right now. So my realistic transfer was I actually, and this was something that came up because I think he was offered to City. I would have loved Jekyll being brought back in for six month loan, which apparently was an option. 
I, I think if you even will talk a little bit about City later, if you watch the game this weekend against Sheffield, they really do lack having a striker. They've been able to make up for it because they've they're back to playing their beautiful quick passing and attacking style. But having a real striker there means a lot. And until Aguero's back, which again, it's it feels like I say that every week all season. Um and he apparently is back at training now after having COVID. But um I would have loved to see Jekyll come in. And then for sale, Mendy, just gone. <laughs> just. I don't care if all we have is Inchenko. And then I'd rather I'd be more comfortable playing Ake and and Laporte at left back and just being done with Mendy. I'm so just I don't want to see him play anymore. I'm so done with Mendy. That's like he's like, you know how Arsenal spent this window getting rid of the dead weight? Yeah. That's how I view Mendy. Wow. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Every time I've seen Mendy play, he's not been great. Uh, understatement. Uh, I'll say from an Arsenal perspective, I think we've done a great job getting rid of the, de- the Deadwood, like you just said. Mustafi might be on his way out today. Uh, we're sending Joe Willock on loan, who I don't think is Deadwood, and Maitland Niles also supposedly on loan to West Brom. Uh, two pieces of business that I think would be very good for us. Someone that I've liked. I would have liked to see him get a loan move is Reese Nelson, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Arsenal have done a really good job clearing house. Ozil, obviously, he's class. Socrates. Oh, Socrates, yeah. Um, now, uh, just we need William to go. <laughs> the Men in Blazers had a fantastic tweet with the Jared Goff, Matt Stafford trade. Mm-hmm. And it's, <laughs> it was uh, throwing William and you got a deal, basically. <laughs> Oh, God, he's bad. He's real he bad. He is, he is. But, yeah, as far as signings, I would have liked to see Arsenal get Buendia, who was rumored from Norwich. That would have been a fun one. Uh, but, I mean, I can't really complain. We got Odegaard on loan for a few months, and that is hopefully going to be a, a fun fun one to watch. So, And we'll I see. think they, they said that they will explore the option of being able to buy him at the end of that loan. That both tubs are both clubs are open to it at the end of it to discuss at least. It's not like when they first signed Sabias and it was like dead on. You cannot buy him at the end of it. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, I haven't seen enough of Odegaard to make a judgment on him yet. But from what I've heard about him, from since he was 16 years old, he's supposed to be a special player. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, and then we have Sean Anderson. He asked us, "What are Leicester's chances of finishing top four now that Vardy is out for a few games?" We've answered this question. Many, many times, every time we talk about Leicester, they're always one Vardy injury away from being a mid-table team, and we saw it against Leeds. I think mid-table is a bit <laughs> harsh. Upper mid-table. Mid-table is harsh. Um, but I think we've said that, you know, that's the issue, is they really need to get cover for him. Um, and he's just he's a he just changes that team when he's in the lineup and when he's not in the lineup. Not having him is always the key. Depending on how long he's out, I really do think it. I think I'll say it now. I think they're out of the title race. I, I've said it all year, and I feel like this weekend vindicated me. The title race is two teams: it is Manchester City, it is Liverpool. I don't care how many injuries both of them have, how many COVID things. Those are the two teams. I've said it from the beginning of the year. I'm going to stand by it, and if I'm yeah. wrong, I'm wrong. That is the title race. I still think Leicester can make top four, mainly because when you look at the competition, if you look at Everton, Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal, West Ham, Aston Villa, <laughs> like all of these teams, there's not that much separating them. And a healthy Leicester with Vardy in the lineup, 
is probably the third or fourth best team in the league realistically yeah. right now. So I think they'll probably still make top four, but title race done. done. Hmm. Uh, I, I think there's still a good chance they make top four too. Um, I don't think Vardy's going to be out for too long. No, and also, I mean, I said we saw it over the weekend, but they played Leeds, and Leeds can go out and really beat anyone. So, kind of harsh. But it's always interesting to see how Leicester falter instantly without Jamie Vardy. It's really fucking crazy how much one player matters to that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think they'll make top four, though. I, I think they're, they've done well enough to this point to do that. Yep. I mean, it looks like Fafana's going to be out a bit, too. Which oh, is really? big because he's been like exceptional for them. Um, I'm not sure how long he's going to be out, but I, I think he's going to be out for at least the next match. So, yeah. All right. And then the last question we have is from JD Siegley. And he said, What are your favorite foods and beverages to enjoy while watching an early Saturday morning match? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the, the beverage is easy for me. Uh, I'm a, I drink coffee all day constantly. I'm drinking coffee right now as we record this, as I hold it up to the camera for Michael. Um, you give me my iced Americano in the morning, watching the game. I'm good. I'm not. I can't drink drink early in the morning. I'm just not. I'm not built for that. So it's coffee for me, and then I'll make myself a nice egg sandwich. Some some. I'll scramble the eggs up. Some cheese. Some here's a the bold move. Pepperoni, good move. Over like ham and sausage, pepperoni, good. Low key, very good. And then, because I'm an aristocrat, a little <laughs> avocado on there. And a pepperoni, egg, and avocado, avocado. sandwich. <laughs> yes. That's psychotic. Don't That's also, don't judge it until you try it. Try it. That's also it, the most Rhode Island thing anyone's ever heard. <laughs> throw throw a little pepperoni on it. A little gabagool. <laughs> um, <laughs> where's the freaking gabagool? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have a, a set breakfast or beverage. I, I always go with the coffee, though, either an iced or an espresso. And I mean, if we're going to the bar to watch an Arsenal game, I'll, I'll get a few Guinness. But at home, I can't do that either. Um, and then for breakfast, what's for breakfast? I don't know. Let me Some get cinnamon. Right. Cinnamon swirl toast with no butter. With no butter? Yeah, I'm fucking built different, Jimmy. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I am disgusting. Uh, all good questions, though. Those are fun. Uh, but anyways, Jimmy, we wanted to just talk about a few different teams. And I think the next time we podcast, we'll have more clarity on a lot of the transfers. So we can probably hold off on that till then. Uh, but let's start. I want to start with Manchester United. Let's start there. Because since we last podcasted, they lost to Sheffield United, who previously only had won one match the entire season <laughs> against Newcastle. Uh, and then they played Arsenal, and they drew nil-nil. Mm-hmm. So with those two results, Manchester United are not no longer top of the table. I think they're four or five points behind City at this point. Three. Uh, three three points. City have a game in hand. Okay. Technically six points behind. City will win. Um, are Man United? Are we all set with talking about Man United as being legitimate contenders? And was that even ever a conversation? I think between us, it never was. I was going to say I don't think we ever really considered them true contenders. I think we admit that they're better than we expected them to be, which I still think they are. 
I think they're better. I think Ole has done a very good job this season, which I can't believe I'm saying, but I really think he has. Yes. Um, I think he's got them. They're believing in themselves more. They're playing better. I think Luke Shaw has been kind of a revelation this season. I don't know. Alex Tellers came in and hasn't really got to play because yeah, he's basically true. did the job of motivating Luke Shaw to actually care. Maybe the first time in his Manchester United career. Um, and he's been very good. Um, I just don't think I ever truly considered them title contenders. I think they're true top four contenders. I, I actually think I probably expect them to make top four because there's definitely talent there. Um, they have the ability to score goals that teams just don't have. So I, I think that they're a definite threat for top four. I think they probably will make that. I just don't think they're true title contenders. As I said, like 10 minutes ago, as I said, all season, Liverpool and city are the best two teams in the league. They've both had different things in Liverpool's really been crushed at the back with injuries. They're bringing in two center backs. So in this window, it looks like, um, one from shock and one from the championship, um, so it looks like Schalke. they're going to strengthen up Schalke's. Thank you. Wrong one. <laughs> Wrong S team. You were correct. But they're bringing, I know Ben Davies is coming in from Preston. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, is it Ozan Kabak? I think is his name. A Kabak. Uh, Kabak. I can't pronounce it. Either way, he's a Turkish center back. He's coming in with an option to buy for the summer as well for like 30 million. So pretty good signing there. Definitely needs some help. So I think it's the right move. But those two teams, I think, are just a the class of the league i don't think united are quite there yet i think they need a little more um the one negative thing i'd say about united is the inability to really get donny van de beek involved at all mm. which i think mate like everybody saw that coming like if pogba's healthy if bruno's healthy you can't play all three of them at once it's kind of hard to play all three and it just where do you fit it where does he fit in well scotty mctominay has been having a very good year mm-hmm. Fred uh, too scotty- yeah. Um, I wouldn't say very good, but he's been good. Fred's yeah. been good. Fred's been okay. Um, but Scotty McTominay came off with an injury in uh, in this last match against Arsenal, and Van de Beek didn't even – he didn't see the light of day. Uh, I thought that was odd. He's not yeah, I, I know. But even so, you'd expect him to, to get uh, a warm-up on the bench or something. No. Uh, I guess it was rumored that he might go out on loan, but Fabrizio mm-hmm. shut those rumors down today. So – I'm not sure, but uh, United just, obviously, I just watched them play against Arsenal, so they're fresh in my mind. They had a lot of chances to win that game. Arsenal had a lot of chances to win that game. I think that United are a very similar team to Arsenal right now in the sense that they just like a few games on, a few games off, can beat anyone, can lose to anyone. And I think the difference with United this season, why they're so uh, high in the table, is honestly just because no one's been good. And they've won the the close games. Uh, they've gotten in on those small margins. And I mean, if you've, if you've won two or three games that could have gone either way this year, you're probably in the top four. I mean, that's how this season's been. I mean, Arsenal's in 10th place with 31 points. They sit uh, nine... Nine points, eight points outside of top four. I mean, if Arsenal won two, three games that they were supposed to win or, or they drew, they're yeah. in the top four. So being in top four right now doesn't really impress me. I think a, every team in the league this year is having a down year. I just need to see much, Not West much Ham. more. No, except West Ham. Um, 
I need to see much more from Manchester United to actually start believing in them. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, I definitely think that the foundation looks like it's there, which it hasn't looked like it's been there for a long time. Also, yes, yes and no. Like, Luke Shaw is playing great. Juan Bissaka, I think, is a great player. Harry Maguire didn't play badly against Arsenal. It's just that Harry Maguire and that second center back, I don't I don't know if that's a winning combination, Harry Maguire with anyone. I, I don't know. I think you're a bit harsh on Maguire. I think Maguire's good. He's fine. He's not I, exceptional, though. Like, no, he's not exceptional. He's definitely not an 80 million pound center back like he costs, but I think he's perfectly fine. I, I think he's better than most. I think if we had Aubameyang in, and Aubameyang's having a very bad year, there were a few times where he could have just toasted Maguire. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm just not uh, thinking that Harry Maguire is going to win any leagues with uh, Manchester United. I, I think United's they they need another attacker. I mean, I, they brought Cavani in, and Cavani's perfectly fine against the bad teams. But I think he's kind of showed that he's just not. He's not at the level he once was, which is he's what they still had a, he's been he's been solid. He's fine. He's perfectly fine, but they need a true like they need a real number nine. Like Martial's good, he's not a number nine. Rashford's good. He's not really a number nine. They they need a true number nine. And Cavani's good to hold you over till you get one, sure. But he's not the solution there for them, in my yeah. opinion. Which yeah. a lot of teams need a number nine. So it's nothing, you know, it's not an uncommon need. True, true. Um but yeah, Manchester United, very up and down team. I think if you're a United fan, you gotta taper your expectations, though. Uh, and let's also talk about another team that's having a rough run of form lately. It's Tottenham Hotspur. Since the last time we've podcasted, they've gone zero and two. They've lost to Liverpool. No shame in that. And then they lost to Brighton, which there's a little bit more shame involved in that. Um, another team who, at the beginning of the year, everyone was talking about a potential title contender, title winner. What are your thoughts on Spurs, Jimmy? The Spurs fans are are discontent at this point. Spurs are, they're so Spurs. They really are. That's just what they are. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I don't you? know. I don't know what to think about that. Can I tell you what I think? Yeah. I'm not right about 90%. Of anything that we talk about on this podcast, but one thing I, I did just say, say about ninety percent of anything, <laughs> uh, anything, anything really, not just the podcast. One thing I did say multiple times in this podcast was Tottenham Hotspur could not keep scoring on the chances that Tottenham Hotspur have had. Son was playing at a level uh, of I don't know, just out of this world. Harry mm-hmm. Kane was playing incredible. You can't keep up scoring these these semi-half chances nonstop like they had earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd have two shots on goal per game, and they'd score two goals. Uh, it's just not working like that for them anymore. And the Jose system, once teams kind of figure it out, and they always do, I mean, it just starts not to, to work as well. When you know that Spurs are going to try and sit mm-hmm. back on you and counter, I, I mean, it's not that difficult of a game plan to to come up with if you're the opposing coach. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that in a way. I mean, I think something to note, Harry Kane got injured in the first half against Liverpool, then missed the entire game against Brighton. They're nowhere near the same team without him. It's true, but... It, it just, so. I mean, he, he changes that team so much. 
Um, he, he's been fantastic this season. He really has. I mean, he's got 12 goals and 11 assists. He's been absolutely insane. Um, so without him there, they're just not quite the same team. And But to your point, I mean, they haven't really been impressive at all lately. Ever since they went top back when it was, they've been rather pedestrian ever since then. And I just think, like you said, they, 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 their system isn't great. It's the same Jose system. It really hasn't changed that much at all. Uh, I still think like it can work at times. I think that they're going to be in the the cup final against city, which I think they have a good chance to win that game. So maybe Jose does get them a trophy at least kind of like we had talked about at the beginning, but I don't think you can bring Jose in and he's going to win you the league anymore. I just don't think his system works over a league season to win it. I just don't think it does. I think you need to be able to score more goals. And you also need to, the main thing is you need to be able to react when you don't score first, which has been my, my like knock on Spurs all season is if they give up a goal first, they can't win the game. And we saw it against Brighton who's, Spurs are a much better team than Brighton. It's not right. close. It's right. not even close. And yet they were not able. They created. They had eight shots to Brighton sixteen. Wow. They only had four shots on target. Like you need to be creating more shots than that if you have the players they have, with or without Harry Kane. I mean, you can without Harry Kane. If you look at their lineup, you're still talking about Son, Bergwijn, and Bale up top. Like still that, should, good. you should be able to score. And, and Dombele, who impresses me every... One of the few players when I watch them, I think both him and Hoidberg have been really impressive when I've watched them. Um, I I just think you have to create more. You have to. Yep. Um, so where, what's your outlook for Spurs? Do you think they finish top four? So... Congested. It's getting congested. I, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to say I don't think they do. I think they're the biggest contender. If you look at right now, the current top four of City, United, Liverpool, Leicester, I think if I had to pick what team could sneak in that's not there, I'd pick Spurs over anybody else. But I, I'm not 100% sure it can happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I honestly don't know if they're going to make it there. Um, still so much season left to play, though. I mean, we. my favorite thing about the podcast is we come back a week, two weeks later, and we have completely different takes than we had two, three weeks ago. Well, things change very, very fast. <laughs> Injuries change things. Again, like, if Kane's out for a while, they could go on a really bad run of form, and next thing you know, they're sitting down at eighth or ninth, and you're like, yeah, they're not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but let's go to the other side of North London next. Let's talk about Arsenal. Arsenal haven't been doing too bad lately. Uh, we were knocked out of the FA Cup. I don't know if that was before or after we podcast last uh, by Southampton. And then they went on to beat Southampton and draw United. Pretty good results for Arsenal. Um, I don't know if I have too much to say other than uh, I am happy with how things are going. Pepe has looked a little bit better uh, in these past few matches that I've seen him play. Willian still stinks. <laughs> um and I think I like David Luiz a little bit, just a little bit again. Uh, <laughs> did you happen to see uh, the clip from the United game where he gets absolutely he hammered in the face <laughs> from a and free he gets kick? Up, yeah, fist pumping. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he's an interesting character. He's an, an interesting guy. He's out of his mind. Uh, I love that. But I just wanted to say we were able to draw Manchester United, a game that, 
like I said earlier, could have gone either way. Either team could have won. So draw is probably a fair result. We did that without our three best players, Kieran Tierney, Aubameyang, Bakayo Saka. Yeah. Yeah. I, encouraging I, I, signs. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I agree with that completely. Um, it, it was impressive to, you know, I, I think I want to say I didn't find that game to be a very good game. I know some people thought it was like, it's kind of been like, I've seen some people being like, Oh, it was a fun game. Yeah. I, it was fine. I thought it was a very sloppy game for both teams. Oh, I yes. thought both teams were just giving the ball away nonstop. So I wasn't really impressed with either team in that one, but yeah. a decent result for Arsenal. I mean, if you look at where they're at in the table, they run a form. Um, I think things have gotten better. I think they had an amazing transfer window getting out people they needed to get out. Uh, I think they could have, I think they need to, you know, in the summer, they're going to need to fill those holes. Now. I think their, their roster now looks a little more thin than you'd probably like in an ideal world. But, um, I, I think that getting those players out was something they needed to do. So, yeah. yep. I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about where Arsenal are now and they got wolves on the horizon. Um, I'm not really scared of wolves anymore. Like we were last season. But we'll uh, we'll get to them, and we can actually go there now. Wolves have been on quite the run. Uh, they haven't won in their last four matches, uh, aside from the FA Cup. They lost to Everton. They lost to West Brom, drew Chelsea, and lost to Palace. Yeah, I think they've they lost five because they drew Brighton before that too. I think Oof. and uh, lost United. Yeah. Oh God, it's a long run. I see. Let me see this right now. Hold on. I want to run you through this. We have a one nil loss to Palace. A nil-nil to Chelsea, a 3-2 to West Brom, a 2-1 to Everton, and then they beat Palace in the Cup. But before that, 3-3 draw against Brighton, 1-0 loss to United, 1-1 draw with Tottenham, 2-1 loss to Burnley. You have to go back to December 15th for their last win in the league, which was 2-1 over Chelsea. That's not great. (laughs) Um, Wolves aren't going to go down. Wolves are having a shockingly bad year, though. Yeah. Do you attribute this to losing Jota and Jimenez? Yes, 100%. That's 100%, it. 100%. That and also I think they reached their ceiling. I think they reached their ceiling for what they're going to be. I think you're going to see you know like I feel like this happens with a lot of players. They get to this high level when they work every all oh, they're looking at Jimenez for 50 million or something and he don't sell and then the next season you sell him for 27 and you're like yeah. wow they really should have sold him I think you're gonna look at players like Ruben Neves we saw a CS was linked with Liverpool which in the end it didn't happen like I think you're gonna see a lot of players move on um from Wolves I, I think they hit the the ceiling for this team I think they'll be fine I don't think they're going down but this is a terrible run of form yeah yeah, I, I don't know what I have to say. I mean, Wolves just have looked so flat. And I think that's the only way to describe them right now is just flat. They can't, they just can't get anything going. No momentum, uh, but obviously not concerned for Wolves. They're so talented and yeah. they'll figure it out. Lack of depth, lack of uh, two of the yeah. best players they had in their squad. I do want to say, I think getting Willie and Jose in will help uh, or Jose, William Jose, yeah. and will help score goals. Just having someone to fill the spot that Jimenez is vacated through injury. Yeah. And uh, next we can talk about your boys, Jimmy. Do you want to talk about city? Yeah. Um, I, I want to hear what you have to say a bit, Michael, what are your thoughts? Cause you were very, very critical of city at the beginning of the year. So they were the most boring team in the league. 
that they were terrible to watch. You, you were very, very harsh. Not, was I... not, you were not unjustified in those <laughs> statements. Let me say that. Right. And like I said, a lot can change in a few weeks on this podcast. Um, I maintain my criticisms from earlier in the season. I said he were terrible to watch, just like Arsenal. I think Mikel and uh, Pep had a chat at some point here, <laughs> and they decided that they're going to change their systems a little bit and actually start scoring goals. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, there's no denying that City have been incredible lately. Um, I think it's down to a few players just finding their form. I mean, Gundogan, who would have thought he'd be the savior of this City team? Yep. Uh, he's been out of his mind. He's been incredible. Jao Cancelo... Is like Ben, the best fullback in the league. Yeah. It's not really even close. And there, I saw a heat map of him, and he literally is the entire field. I need to send it to you. It's the whole field. <laughs> he he plays everywhere. He's played on the right. He's played on the left. When he plays both positions, he spends most of the time in midfield. Um, he scored an incredible goal the other day. He's just he has come good in so many ways. Someone who I like Gundogan was extremely critical of. But at the same time, at least when I was critical of Cancelo, I did say, you know, he's on a new team. You got to give him time. Yeah. And he's come good. He's shown he's added new dynamic to this team, which they desperately needed to, without having, you know, a true striker there. I like Jesus. He's just not a he's not a pure striker. Yeah. And without Aguero there, they've lacked the ability to score gold. They needed some new creativity. He's been that. I think we're going to see what City are made of over the next few weeks without Kevin De Bruyne with Liverpool and Tottenham and Arsenal coming up. Going to face probably all three of them without him. Possibly he's back for the Arsenal game. We'll see. Yeah, he's always back for the Arsenal game. Aguero <laughs> will be back like too, he... the motherfucker. Well, Aguero should be back by then. Yeah, of Aguero course he will. Be he doesn't play against anyone else. <laughs> he so... doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see uh, when they're back. But if they get back to full six, City are just playing so much better. The... The impact Ruben Diaz has made, I feel like I say it every episode, but like you watch, I know you didn't see all of the game, Michael, but he had like, there was two clear great chances. He stopped single-handedly. He's just, he's just a complete center back. He's, he's like low-key fast too, which City have for so long have been so slow at the center back position. And it just, he's, he's changed the team. He's a leader. We got to see him and Laporte play together for the first time in a while last game, which was great. And, I mean, it's tough on John Stones. who has been incredible. And I think Stones will probably go back in. I think you might see Laporte play a bit of left back going forward. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, but I think, you know, if City want to win the league, if they want to win the Champions League, I think the best pairing is still Laporte-Diaz. If they can find a way to get them in together and get in rhythm, I think that could be a great combination. Yeah, I mean, City look good. City are coming good. And Phil Foden's been awesome, too. Just have to say, like, Phil Foden is, he's leading the team in goals on the season. He He's one of the first names on the team sheet. I mean, when City took players off against West Brom, when they thrashed them, it was Gundogan and Foden who got the rest, which says a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, second best youngster in the league behind Mikhail Saka. I, knew you were the <laughs> I had to. Uh, I guess we should also talk about Liverpool. Liverpool have been on a decent run lately. They were knocked out of the FA Cup by United. Um, but they've come good lately. Mo Salah is still so, so good. Uh, some of the goals that he scored against West Ham, too, in particular, were just stunningly good. Uh, I am not counting them out. I don't <laughs> think I... Have I counted them out this year already? 
You, I don't know. I'm back you, and forth. You're back and forth on them. You've kind of been back and forth on them all year. Um, I think they had the wake-up call with their 1-0 defeat to Burnley, yeah. and they've looked much better. They kicked Spurs' ass in that game. And then West Ham gave them a good game, um, and then Salah just took it over. And and then Liverpool looked like Liverpool a bit in this match. Like we said, they're getting reinforcements at the back, which I think is big. Because I don't think they look the same with Henderson not being in midfield, which I can't believe I'm saying, but I really do think they lack that. Same thing when Fabinho was covering there. They just don't look quite themselves. I still think they have a goal-scoring problem, um, which is weird, but they do. Um, Salah had a great game, but outside of that, they just haven't been, you know, they haven't been as clinical as they've been in the past. Yeah. Uh, but three goals the last two games, which is big. Uh, Trent looks back to himself, which I think is huge for them. Um, I assume Mane's injury is, it doesn't look like it's anything major, so he'll be back soon. So I, I think, I, I think Liverpool are going to be very, very good. But I think we're going to get back to seeing them be like themselves. Yeah, we'll see. Um, that City game this weekend is going to be a great match. Probably a nil-nil like all the great matches always <laughs> end up being. But I, I'm very excited for it. Literally a nil-nil. It's always fucking nil-nil. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, Liverpool, I mean, I just don't have much to say. They're just so up and down this year. Uh, and they're only, I mean, they have a, they've played one extra game than City, but they are only four points behind, so... Uh, TBD, we'll see how those reinforcements help them. Let's just hit a few more here. I think we should talk Everton quickly and just say that uh, they drew Leicester, which is a pretty solid result uh, given how well Leicester were playing. And then they went on and they lost 2-0 to Newcastle. Is that not the most Everton thing you've ever seen? They're just, this is what they are. <laughs> like, I, I'm just kind of yeah. like, they're, they're fine. They're a good team. They can win games. This six to seven, I mean, six to eight range is where they're going to finish. Like we can, they may go a little higher at one point. They may go lower. They're going to finish in this range. Like, I just don't see any way they don't. This is where they're going to finish. They're, they're a good team. They can beat anybody on any day and they can lose anybody on any day. They're not consistent. Uh, (laughs) That's just what it is. They're not consistent. And I, I do think, you know, I want to say, I think, you know, Cavett Lewin's kind of come back down to earth. Yeah. Over the last few months, hasn't really been talked about. Um, but they're just they're they're perfectly fine team. I mean, they're never an easy game, but to go out there and lose to this Newcastle team right now is just a very very poor result. You you saved Steve Bruce's job, the man who should have been fired three weeks ago. Uh, it's not a good look. I mean, I, I just want to say about Newcastle. I, I've tweeted it a few times. I've watched a lot of Newcastle this year. I feel like. Uh, and they're a team I like. They have good players. They have uh, a strong defense, a, a decent midfield, a, a solid enough midfield, and they have a great, great forward in Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a great player in St. Maximin. Uh, I think they have a lot of pieces where they shouldn't be playing as poorly as they are now. And I think that's why Newcastle fans hate Steve Bruce. Um, because he's just such a boring manager, doesn't play positively at all. So I just want to say to Newcastle fans, I don't know if Steve Bruce is the man, but the team is good. Like I I see people rag on Steve Bruce 90% of the time. I don't think you can put any of what's happening on the players. I know they just won. Um, it's just such a weird 
time to be a Newcastle fan, I feel. Because you win games like this, and then you'll lose seven in a row. Yeah, I agree with you. I want to say one other thing about Everton. Can I say this? I don't get how anybody thinks Alex Awobi is anything outside of terrible. <laughs> I just... I don't see anything out of him. There's nothing out of him. Like, he's he's just a slower Walcott. Like, that's just what mm. he is. And probably in a worse finisher than Walcott. He's just bad. Yeah. He's not good. He's really not good. I had the pleasure of watching Alex Awobi for a few years. And I liked Awobi. Uh, I don't think he's much of a winger, even though that's his position. I think he's probably better in the center. Uh, like, he plays more for Nigeria. And apparently, he's much better there. Um, can't finish though. The thing about Alex Awobi is he's very skillful. Uh, I don't think he's a bad passer of the ball. I think he moves well. Can't finish. Can't do anything when he gets into that box. He is useless. Yep. Yeah. And same thing with Theo Walcott, basically. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. He's like he's a very similar player, just less good. It costs yeah. them way, 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 way more. Yeah, we and robbed I him just, on that. Yeah, that was a complete robbery by Arsenal, <laughs> I want to say. Also, somehow he's still only like 24 years old which is baffling to me. I feel like he's been like 22 to 24 for like 10 years, but yes. <laughs> it's yeah. just, yeah, I'm just, I'm completely out on a Wobie. I want to make that clear. I'm out. Mm. He's going to go out there, score a hat trick this weekend, I guess, but yeah, I'm out. Uh, um, all right. I, I mean, I just want to, let's do an honorable mention to Aston Villa. Aston Villa, always fun to watch. Lost to Burnley 3-2 and then went on to beat Southampton. Southampton, another one. You know, I'm going to lump all these teams together. Villa, Southampton, and Leeds. All teams that I think are very good. All teams that I love to watch. All teams that uh, probably should be winning a few more games than they have recently. But Leeds having an uptick of form. Southampton a little downturn. And Villa kind of staying flat. Yeah, Villa are good. They're a good team. They're <laughs> really good. good. Like, you know, I mean, that's what they are. They're a good team. I like them. Um, they're never an easy game. They're a good team. They're fun to watch. I like the way they play. Um, kind of similar to Leeds in Southampton too. I think they're all good, solid teams. They're true mid-table teams. I think outside of the, you know, the the classic big six, I think Villa, Southampton, and Leeds are all of my favorite to watch. West Ham haven't been bad, man. I know everybody hates on David Moore. I like West Ham this West year. West Ham have been pretty good to watch. Like, they haven't been bad. Their games are entertaining because every game is close no matter who they play. So it, they've been entertaining. Right. Uh, and we should give a very honorable mention to Burnley, who have had a, a very solid run of form. Beat Liverpool, beat Fulham, beat Villa in a 3-2 uh, insane match. And they've also lost to West Ham and Chelsea in the past five matches. But... Uh, Sean Dyche can't complain about having 22 points right now after the start that they had. Uh, yeah, that they're pulling away from the pack. <laughs> they're getting they out of are. it right in two. I mean, that bottom three is looking, uh, I know Sheffield's had a nice result, two wins over the last five now, uh, up to eight points, but eight points is still pretty bad when 17 is on 21. Right. So right. not great for West Brom, Sheffield or Fulham. Um, West Brom, the whole uh, Big Sam, didn't get it at the time. Don't get it now. It's it's not not working though. <laughs> like know, he's not had draw. bad I, results. But that's a, I just don't think that I don't know. Yeah, I guess I I don't I don't think Bill Simon Billich was doing so bad that he deserved to be sacked at the time. Is my issue with it. Um, 
I had an issue with it then. I have an issue with it now. It's fine. Yeah. And and uh, I just want to say about Fulham, and this will be the last thing I say before we get into predictions. They've looked so much better in their last few games, and they still haven't got a win. Yeah, they can't get out of their own way. Like that game against the the last match against West Brom, like, eh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They they pulled it back and got the draw, but it's just you know they're just they're not great. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's a fair way to put it. But let's. Get I will into- say one last thing though. Anthony Robinson actually pretty good. <laughs> it's been a good run. This has been a good year for Americans in Europe. Having a good run, and he's been one of them. I've been impressed with him whenever I've seen him play. Yep, that's fair. Um, but let's get to it. We got some predictions. I think we can go to Monday. So we're going to have a lot of games to get through. So let's hit them. Uh, Sheffield, West Brom. West Brom, I think, have the ability to score when Sheffield don't. So 1-0 West Brom. Goose eggs, nil-nil. Lock it in. Uh, Wolves versus Arsenal. I'm going to go Arsenal 1-0 as well. I'll say 2-1 Arsenal. I think it's going to be a, a tough game. Arsenal always struggle against Wolves. United versus Southampton. Uno a uno. 1-1. One, one. I like it. I'll stick with you. 1-1. One, one. Newcastle versus Palace. This is finally it, Michael. He's going to go. <laughs> Palace 2-0. 4-1. Palace. Uh, Burnley versus City. City love kicking the shit out of Burnley. So I'm going to go 5-0 City. I'll follow you on that. 5-0. Fulham versus Leicester. Leicester 2-1. I'll follow you on that, too. I think Fulham are going to give them a game, though. Leeds versus Everton. This is going to be a fun game. I'm going to go a 2-1 Everton win. And I'll go opposite. I'll go 2-1 Leeds. Villa versus West Ham. This is another fun one. I like this one. I'm going to go 2-2 draw. 2-2 draw on this one. I'll go 3-2 Villa. Liverpool versus Brighton. <laughs> Brighton, you got a good result the other day. You're not going to get a good result here. 2-0 Liverpool. Yeah, I'll go 3-1 Liverpool. Spurs versus Chelsea. This is a fun one. It's always fun to see Jose play his former team, especially Chelsea. I think I'm going to go a 2-1 Spurs win. You see what I'm holding up yeah, here? He's say nil-nil as you do popping. Goose eggs, goose eggs, goose eggs, goose eggs. Uh, it's unfortunate, but it's true. Uh, and then this weekend, we have Villa and Arsenal. I'm, uh, 2-2. 2-2. 2-1 Villa. You know that <laughs> feeling too, right? It feels yeah. like that one. I feel yeah. like I'm going to wake up and this game's already going to be like, I'm going to go 2-2, but it's going to be like, there's going to be goals early. Yeah, they kicked Arsenal's ass the last time they played, and it, it could have been worse for Arsenal. Uh, Burnley versus Brighton. Nil nil. Nah. One one. Newcastle Southampton. I. I... <laughs> Southampton two nil. Yeah, if Steve Bruce is still there, I'll go three nil Southampton. Fulham versus West Ham. 3-3 three, three, draw. 3-3 three, three, draw, okay. Uh, three, I'll go 3-1 th- West Ham. Ooh, and then a big one here. United and Everton. United 2-1. 2-1 mm, Everton. 
Uh, and then on Sunday, the last day we'll cover is Spurs versus West Brom. 1-0 Tottenham. 2-1 West Brom. <laughs> and then Wolves versus Leicester. 1-0 Leicester. 2-0 Leicester. Liverpool versus City. This is a game I'm looking forward to and dreading at the same time. The big one. I am gonna. I think City are gonna go to Anfield, get a result. Um, I don't think Liverpool's gonna have their reinforcements in for this game. Obviously, no KDB for City though. But I'm going three-one City. He's doing it again. Violence. He's doing it again. Read what I've held up. It is a. It is an okay sign and an okay sign, which I think is a nil-nil. Nil-nil. It's always nil-nil. Lock in your bets. Nil-nil draw. Uh, the biggest game of the season. Nil nil draw. Sheffield versus Chelsea. Four one Chelsea. Sheffield get a goal, but it doesn't matter. One nil Sheffield. One nil Sheffield. Here's a question. Does Rian Brewster score a goal? Never. Like this season. <laughs> no. Not one. I don't I know don't if he scored one. Shots on goal. <laughs> like he actually had a shot in the city game. I can't remember him getting many all season. Like it's partly not his fault because Sheffield is so bad and can't create, <laughs> but it's partly his fault because he's not good. And for it's, direct signing. Yeah. And it's a hundred percent Sheffield's fault for spending as much money as they did on him. They, yeah. they should have paid 5 million maximum <laughs> maximum. That's not even a joke. That's what he's worth. Um, but anyways, Jimmy, you don't want to finish the Monday game. The last one of the match. Day. Oh, there is one more. Yeah. There's Monday. Leeds versus Palace. Three two leads. Love it. Three two leads is right. Uh, and okay, we can end it there, Jimmy. And before we go, do you want to hit him with the plugs? Yes, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Soccer Mostly. You can send the questions there. We do love answering the questions on the show. It makes it fun, switches it up a bit. And you can also email us at mostly soccer show at gmail.com. It's a new year. Give us a, I guess, late New Year's gift, early Valentine's gift with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those are the best. Yep, five-star review, and uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.